Hi, welcome to Gut Questions. I'm Parker, a friend and fan of William DePaulo, PhD, an immunologist studying the gut microbiome up at the University of Washington in Seattle, the UW. So in this episode, Will is going to go over what is and what is not the microbiome. So it's really an introduction, very much microbiome 101, if you will. I also asked Will what he thinks people are taught, because my dog is kind of throwing around his bone marrow. I hope that's not annoying. I need him occupied, but it's kind of well. Um, so hopefully this is okay. Um, but people are always referring to the microbiome. And I started to wonder, are they actually talking about a specific microbial community, community, um, one that resides in the gut? Are they actually talking about the gut microbiome and gut health in these articles for the most part? So I wanted to know this because the thing is, there are a lot of communities, microbial communities that make up the human microbiome. There's the skin microbiome, there's the vaginal microbiome, the oral microbiome, Ooh, yeah. um, there's the nasal microbiome, lung, eye, pineapple shrimp, lemon shrimp, that's my puppy, um, coconut shrimp, anyway. Um, so yes, maybe there are communities not even discovered yet, or maybe they're just not um, being researched. So what do those headlines, what are they really talking about? I of course have my own opinions, but wanted to know what Will's opinions are. So with that, I give you my friend and boss, Dr. Will DePaulo. Hello, we're recording. Hi. Okay, so we're recording now. Hi. You know what I like is that your chair and your curtains are doing this nice frame, frame thing. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, they're framing you and then actually pointing directly towards you. Very nice. It <laughs> looks good. <laughs> so, I did that on purpose. Yeah, no, I know. You're all about set design. I get right, it. Exactly. Um, this is not my bedroom. It's just a set. <laughs> I'm not at a hotel. Oh, that's actually. a Zoom. It's a, it's, it's a Zoom background. It's, it's a template. It's called, op, it's called yeah. Opulent. <laughs> Hollywood um, glam. Um, yeah, I like it. I like it. It looks like it's a little sunny there. Um, it's just the glare from the clouds. Is it sunny there? <laughs> no, it's not. It's just, oh, it's just right. the clouds are really bright. <laughs> No, it's gonna be sunny here tomorrow, okay. or like a little bit. Okay. Um, oh yeah, I thought we were gonna have some June gloom, but it's actually sunny out. Yeah. This California is always sunny. Um, all right. At least down here in the the southern part. Southern part. Um, yeah. So you're yeah. cutting in and out a little bit. And I don't know if it's my internet or your internet. So just, um, but you're fine now. I, I can, I can adjust my thing accordingly okay. so if, i'll just let you know if it, you start to like freeze and then start again i'll let you know <laughs> or if i do that let me know okay um okay well i'll just jump in then all right a few minutes into this we've only been talking for a couple of minutes i guess so Five i minutes. guess i'm not jumping right in um but so i wanted to start with a little bit of background on the microbiome 
which is actually my first question, because I'm curious maybe what your thought is when you read about or hear someone say the microbiome, what are they talking about? And that's kind of a two-part question. So first, what is the microbiome? But second, do you think that people, when they say that, are talking about the gut microbiome? And this is sort of just your opinion, but I, I just yeah. wonder what people are talking about in news media or social media when they're saying, oh, the microbiome, da, 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 da. Right. They can't be well, talking about all, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so I think, I mean, you have to remember like about 15 years ago, this field didn't even exist. So it was much, it's a brand new sort of discipline within the biological sciences um, and the, the biomedical sciences. And it's, um, so basically the microbiome is defined as any organism, or it's, it's, I guess the, the way we can say it is it's um, all of the microbes, which include fungus, yeast, protists, and bacteria that live within or inside of us that help with our daily functions and our and our health. So this includes skin, this includes your oral cavity, your vaginal uh, canal, this includes your um, ears and, and all these sort of things. Like wherever you had have microbes on you that live normally, that's your microbiome. So the microbiome is all those organisms, but more, more than that, it's actually the DNA and the proteins and everything that they have that contributes to your health. So it's, it's bigger than just the bug itself, it's really the genetic program of all of these bugs together on your body, giving you um, these beneficial effects, these contributing towards your health. I think nowadays when people say microbiome, they do mean gut. I think they're referring to gut um, or your intestinal microbiome, because um, what you'll see is, is many times they'll say skin microbiome, specifically if the article is about skin. Or they'll say, but if they just say microbiome, I think they're pretty much kind of defaulting to the intestine. Because um, I don't know if people are making that distinction and, and like, you know, if that the microbiome is not just probiotics, it's actually viruses, it's actually yeast, it's actually all of these things in their genetic material. That, that's pretty much what it is. Now, people can use the word microbiota, and that's different than the microbiome. So your microbiota, Again, it's more about the bug itself. And usually people are referring to bacteria um, in, in that sense. Um, the study of the fungal microbiome is called the mycobiome because mycoplasma, myco, it's the, the, I, I think if you look in Greek or whatever, myco has something to do with fungus, but it's <laughs> myco. And then um, the virome is the viral. I'm not, I didn't take Latin, sorry. Um, the virus, uh, viral microbiome is the virome. So you have the virome, the microbiome, and the microbiome. And, and, Wait, what and about, so it's, easy, um, it's easy to get confused. Yeah. What about um, yeasts? Or wait, yeah, yeast. It's microbiome. It's still, microbiome. oh, fungus. Yeah. Yeast, yes. are, yeast and fungus are the microbiome. Yeah. So yeah. Okay. And people are finding a lot of interesting stuff with um, yeast. And, and, and disease, certain diseases, and also just the sort of interplay between yeast and bacteria it seems to be pretty important. Hmm. Okay. Um, so then, so your focus is the gut microbiome, and you've just um, mentioned a bunch of the other human microbiomes. So one of the things that I was curious about, and this might be an opinion question too, I don't know, but I feel like in the news media and the social media, the gut microbiome is linked to 
so many different diseases and or such and such um, bodies or systems in the body. You know, we touched on the fact that you had started your research in college in the brain and that you've now moved to the gut. And of course there's that gut brain access connection. So there's one system, the digestive system and the nervous system. It just seems to me, you know, the average lay person um, reading that the gut microbiome is the one that seems to be the most expansive and have the farthest reach to affect so many different things. But, and then wondering, is that actually true, I guess, or is that just because it's the microbiome that is currently the most studied? Uh, I think, I mean, I think that that's, a, I mean, it's an interesting question. And I think that um, sometimes with research, uh, the lowest hanging fruit is often the most um, picked fruit, obviously. And so um, <laughs> and there, there are definitely facets of that within the microbiome and research. But I do think if you think about what the microbiome can do, it can do a lot of things that do affect different parts of the body. So um, as far as, you know, as far as like, let's say um, metabolism. So the gut will um, drains into the portal vein, right? So that, and that goes through the liver. And, and so that kind of filters some stuff that's coming out of that's being absorbed through the gut. So like any bacteria that translocate or any, you know, um, toxins, food, things like that, nutrients, it will go through the portal vein and it gets absorbed and gets filtered through the liver. So that in and of itself means that the liver and the brain, uh, the liver and the gut have a very close connection, right? And so obviously food, metabolism, digestion, liver, that, that all kind of goes together. So then you have, um, you know, things get dumped into the blood. So then that's going to affect your circulatory system. So that makes, you know, sense that there's a gut circulatory system connection. And then the nervous system, we have a vagal nerve that runs basically from our brain to our gut and that helps control and, it, and vice versa. There's um, effects that can go from the gut to the brain and effects that can go from the brain to the gut. And those help control things like satiety. So how full you are, um, hunger, um, peristalsis of your intestines for motility. And, um, and then more, what people have really been focusing on is the amount of neurotransmitters that get made in the intestine that are important. So these are things like um, serotonin, which controls like your happiness and, and, dep and prevents depression. Those that's mostly made, like I think most of it is made in the intestine. So um, okay. all those feel good feelings are made in the intestine and then those affect the, the, the nervous system. Mostly so basically it makes sense because the gut, the function of the gut is like absorption, digestion, there's right. the immune system that's there. And so basically all of these things do connect to almost every system. So I think that's why you see it touching a lot of these, uh, these systems that are very distant. Um, as far as how important or is the microbiome driving every function of these other organs, I don't know. And I don't think any of us know. And I think that's where you get into the fact that there's a lot of research going on out there. And so people are, are drawing conclusions and you just have to read those studies and make sure that they're strong studies in order to, to you know, make the conclusions that they're making. Yeah, yeah, no, that makes sense. I mean, that's where all the nutrients that you're ingesting are, are getting absorbed during that. Right, so energy, all your energy and being able to get up off the chair at the end of the Zoom call and walk out the door. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> like, that's energy, right? I guess we're all that? using less energy because since we've been sitting in front of Zoom for a year, but. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so. 
Um, so then, I, I think there's is isn't there have they been calling like a isn't there a uh, pandemic associated weight gain that's been people have been talking about like for I, I, a while wait yeah, so yeah, I think yeah. um I've seen headlines that are um sitting is the new cancer and that's been a headline for the past few years yeah um, yeah not well, just definitely <laughs> Okay, yeah, so I think the pandemic to, really pushed that. <laughs> it would be interesting to take. <laughs> here's a study for you: the microbiome, like pre-Zoom meeting and post-Zoom. Post, yeah, I bet it's yeah. totally. I know a lot of people who um, put on a little extra during yeah. the um, pandemic, and I'm sure a lot of people's um, nutritional habits may have changed. Well, depression. I mean, I think the psychological effects oh. of the pandemic have probably have have had huge impact yeah. on um, the gut microbiome and also like, and just like mental health in general. I think we're gonna see that come back to get us like down the road. Oh, for sure. That's actually one thing that I'm really curious about is do you know of any studies on um, the gut microbiome and things like that, depression? Yeah, I mean, there are, there's a lot of groups out there working on that connection. And that's not my specialty per se, but um, yeah, I think that there are, that people are definitely paying attention to it. And it's because of that serotonin um, production and other neurotransmitters that are produced in the gut. Um, probiotics um, and like lactobacilli species are known to um, promote production of uh, serotonin. Um, so, that's I know that's one line of research out there. Like, how can you modulate uh, your neurotransmitters through diet, through gut um, health, and things like that? So that is definitely a huge, huge area of the microbiome that people are that we're now seeing a lot more people looking at and researching. So I'd be really curious because okay, so obviously this is going to get a little personal here, but when I went to my doctor here, my MD, she's a naturopath. When I went to see her about gut issues. I did one of those six months, um, eliminate a bunch of stuff, slowly add it back in. Add, exactly, for six months, nothing changed. Okay. And, it, and so, and I don't know if it was what an MD would call IBS or what exactly was going on, but things weren't great. Um, and so, but nothing changed until I discovered the, all of the trauma and the PTSD from being adopted as an infant at six weeks old, right? So that a few weeks into that um, therapy, breaking down all those traumatic pathways and the PTSD and recovering from it, that is when things started to change in my gut. And so I started to wonder if looking at um, PTSD patients and their nutritional habits, if, if anyone is doing that, or it's well, sure, an interesting I, thing yeah, to I'm sure that are, I mean, there's so much research on the microbiome right now, like you could probably pick any two random things and add microbiome to it, and people are studying. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's like, it's just ridiculous. And what would you pick? What would, would your two we random things? We have a wheel with different topics, and we spin it, we put it together, and then we check it <laughs> Hurricanes and microbiome. I'm sure it's been done. <laughs> yeah. Hey, trauma right there. Trauma. trauma. And so I'm pretty sure that there have been studies on, um, or people are at least looking at PTSD um, and, and because of the sort of emotional stress and things like that. I know as far as the brain is concerned, autism is definitely something people are looking at um, and, and researching as far as the gut microbiome goes and sort of 
can we prevent um, autism or can we help autistic children? Um, the other thing is through the microbiome. And the other one would be um, epilepsy um, and, and epileptic seizures and things like oh. that. Can you, can a diet that's enriched in certain bacteria prevent epilepsy in um, epileptic prone individuals? And I think that those are studies that people are studying. And I think um, there's been some interesting um, uh, progression there in, in, in these, these fields, so. Do you remember um, the person who presented a few weeks ago, uh, uh, she did, was looking at microbiome and um, trauma. Do you remember at Microbiome Club? Yes, and I, and, um, Do you know? I feel bad because I don't remember exactly. Me, what, yeah. Yeah, was, it wasn't, um, I, I remember the person doing um, like trans you, health. Like, oh, like, that's what it was, I think so, yeah. Yeah, yeah, no. And that's like an interesting study because they can look at how hormones and like the hormonal replacement therapy, how that's affecting the gut microbiome because you have individuals who are now on, under hormonal replacement. So it's not necessarily neuronal, but it's endocrine, right? So it's definitely looking at the endocrine system and how those endocrine hormones are affecting the microbiome and vice versa. Like if you have a certain microbiome, are you more susceptible or like you know, those hormones have more of an impact than than others, um, you know, than other people who have a different microbiome. I guess it can go both ways uh, as far yeah. as that. But yeah, I remember that, but I, I can't remember any trauma exactly. Yeah, no, I thought I heard that and then I wasn't sure. So I'd be curious to, um, maybe I'll um, email her. Maybe I could have her come on. Oh yeah, yeah, we can, uh, yeah, that would be That, interesting. that might be interesting. Yeah, it would be interesting to to follow up with some things like that. Yeah. So yeah, the microbiome, it's pretty complex. I hope we'll gave a good short introduction to it. If not, let me know and we can record another another episode with some more detail. That's my dog's still. Um if you want to review this material on your own. In some articles, I've posted some to the Gut Questions website, yourgutquestions.com, under the show notes. And I'll have this link, of course, in the description of the podcast. So over the next three episodes, we'll go over Will's projects in the lab. Colorectal cancer, non-alcoholic fatty liver disease, napled, and polyunsaturated fatty acids. Poofas, poofas, poofas. We'll start with the colorectal colorectal cancer story, which we also call the cancer polyp story, or just Melissa's project, because Melissa Cordahi, Melissa Cordahi, Melissa Cordahi, oh my God, I'm sorry, Melissa. Um, Melissa Cordahi, who graduated from the UW in 2019, was the graduate student on that project. And this project is awesome. It's fantastic. Um, it's beautifully designed. You'll see that as Will walks us through it. And the best part is it goes against current science dogma. And you'll see that Will loves that. But it's just awesome. So check out that episode for sure, because it introduces a new concept around um, the gut microbiome. So yes. Oh, and the paper is going to be published very soon. So that's very exciting. So check in to that one. See ya.